Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Back for another week of the fifth and last NRL podcast. Look for us on faith, Facebook. Ugh, I'll get a bit of a lisp there. Fifth and last NRL podcast. And on Twitter, it is at fifth and last. That's the letter N, not the word and Boxhead, welcome back for another week. Hello, buddy. And uh, things looking a, a bit more positive, even after a few rough patches the last couple of days. We've got an official start date. We've got a TV deal in place. We've got an ideal about the schedule of the competition and some information going forward not every single bit and piece but we've also had as i said uh, a little bit of negativity so i think probably rather get that stuff out of the way first and that'll probably lead into more about the competition and the restart i think you may agree oh yeah absolutely yeah probably the best way to deal with it but um leading into this and obviously all the work that's been put in by the nrl project apollo the board the clubs other players everything resting on getting the competition back, getting some money for the games, getting this deal across the line, dealing with bloody governments, getting exemptions, proving that we have all the measures, biosecurity and all the bits and pieces in place. And also, like we said, the knock-on effect for money for the game, players, clubs, and then also the external staffs that all been stood down to this. We've unfortunately had uh, a couple of players in a short space of time get busted um, for things, again, that the police have only fined them for the $1,000 and the social distancing and some have said, you know, it's not that big a deal, but when the whole fate of getting the game restarted, uh, you know, kind of rests on player behaviour and the players doing the right thing and saying that we can control this and keep everything contained, it wasn't exactly great timing. Oh, it was selfish. It was stupid. Uh, The the biggest part of this is to document it, to have it all on social media and to essentially say that they, they can pat this off on their culture as much as they want. At car and Latrell Mitchell, it was you know sort of, well, you know I don't want to let the brothers down. It wasn't selfish, but I can't let the brothers down. Well, to me, it's it's either I can't let the brothers down or it's selfish. One or the other. Like you can't you can't have your cake and eat it too. So I'm all for cultural diversity. I'm all for you know them looking after their mates. They, they could have done it in a different manner. You know you're talking you're talking to a, a, a public, like that was a public statement made by an NRL player earning near or upwards of a million dollars a season and he's talking to a public where people have lost their jobs. They can't put food on the table. And then on top of that, they can't go to the pub. They can't go out for dinner. They can't see their family. You know, but it's a little bit, you get a little bit of, a little bit of uh, hardship and all of a sudden the rules don't count for you. The rules don't apply to you. You know, and the selfishness in all this is the fact that not only did they put themselves in a situation where they broke the rules and now they're going to have to deal with the consequences of that, both via the sanctions from the NRL but also the New South Wales Police, they've put the livelihood of every player and every staff member in the game at risk. It is, it just, it's mind-boggling how dumb their actions were. And the fact that they've just patted it off 
and haven't been contrite at all in their apology and have got zero awareness. And to me, this just reeks of a lack of a, of, of a, a strong mentor uh, for both these players. Um, it, just, it just boggles my mind. And I'm, I'm just sick to death of the excuses, this culture that we have within... You know, not all players. I think it'd be a small percentage of players, but just this lack of awareness in taking ownership, accountability. You copped up. You did the wrong thing. Don't make an excuse. Look inward first. Look in the mirror and own up and be a man. No, but instead, we're going to palm it off. Um, you know, we're going to we're going to put these bullshit apologies up on social media, um, and then you know we're, we're going to then pat it off and and say that you know we're being treated differently. Because people at Coogee Beach are congregating together, so therefore it's racist that you know they they've been targeted and they've been punished. I don't disagree with the fact that the people at Coogee Beach should be um, disciplined and fined, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. As far as they know, how how, do, how don't they know that those people haven't been fined? Again, it's just pointing the finger and looking to blame someone else or looking to move accountability elsewhere apart from, from their own actions. Yeah. And on that point, if an NRL player was in the crowd at Coogee Beach or involved in any of that stupid shit, you'd guarantee they'd be photographed or in trouble for yeah, going out and well, breaching. At the moment, I don't think that matters. Like, the NRL aspect of it, essentially at the moment, they're not... They're NRL players, but, I mean, they're not training with their teams at the moment. So, essentially, they're not working at the moment. So... All they need to do is abide by the rules that everyone else has to abide by. Yeah, but in, all, is it? in order for them to get back to working and, like I said, all the work that's been put in for their livelihoods, the game and everything else, follow the fucking rules. <laughs> I, I, I'm a little bit fired up by it. I, I, I got more fired up by just... They, they want to then turn it into a racial and a cultural Yeah, argument. which was just... I don't care who it is. I don't care who it is. Yeah, but just like you said... Black, white, purple, it does not matter. On the flip side... It does not matter. On the flip side, just own it, and that would have been the end of it. But then to push that side of it, then you've rolled everybody up, you've pissed everyone off, and again, the Latrell argument all the time that he's unfairly targeted, everyone goes after me, poor me. Just, again, just a lack of owning... But but if you didn't didn't behave in this manner, no one would have ammunition to go after you. Yeah, but just own it. If you owned it in the first place and left it, it's it's done, but then well, you. Do I think it's the worst crime in the world? No, no, it's definitely not. I, I, in a normal scenario, like there's no issue. I don't have an issue with Latrell being with his family on his property or, or whatever. But you know the fact that you're riding around motorbikes with no helmets, you're firing uh, firearms without a license, um, and you're congregating in a large group, all all things which are illegal. Um, and and then you just come out and say, oh, it's because the brothers, the brothers going through a hard time, mate. There's fucking thousands and thousands and thousands of people going through a hard time at the moment. People that have lost everything. People that might lose their houses. People that might be living on the street. Like, I'd love to see them take a walk in some sort of reality and perspective around what's going on at the moment. And on top of... Uh, and I don't, I don't have an issue with, you know, if, if Adokar and, and the, the family want to travel up and they want to connect with country and they want to do the cultural thing, that's not the issue. They, they could do that. They could have done that um, and distance and, and done it in a manner where even if Adokar and, and the family go, well, can we come up and camp Latrell? We're not going to be inside the house. We're going to stay away from you. There's ways that this could have been done and, the, the, and they achieved the purpose of that cultural connection. 
I'm not in I'm not an Indigenous Australia, so I don't understand that connection to the land and all that stuff. So I'm not I'm not going to preach that. No, I, I, I still think they could have achieved that. I don't have an issue with them trying to, to, to do that and trying to look after their family. I actually think it's it's quite a nice side to Josh Adokar and a nice side to Latrell Mitchell in the fact that he was willing to have Adokar and his family up there. I, I think that's all fantastic stuff. And, you know, I think the underlying issue or the underlying current here is that they were trying to do the right thing, but they just haven't had the self-control to do it in the right manner. Yeah, on the flip side again. You know, it's just the lack of awareness in how their behaviour has impacted the game, the other players, the the staff, the support staff. You know, I was chatting to people at the West Tigers today, people that we we work with that are now labouring, that that don't have work, who are now potentially pushed back even further who have families, who, you know, have weddings to plan, who have things that they need to pay for, who now potentially will be pushed back because of this behaviour. And this is what I mean by by perspective. They don't have that perspective because too often they just think about me and their behaviour is about me. I I just worry about me. And look, don't don't get me wrong, I, I am as frustrated as anyone this past week about... People just ignoring the isolation rules because they see the numbers on TV and they just go, well, it's over. So the rules don't apply to me. So I'm going to start to get out and I'm going to start to go around other people's places. You know, and if we're going to talk about personal hardships and things that we've had to miss out on, you had a 30th birthday that we didn't get to celebrate. We didn't get together for that. But that's that's a sacrifice that we made because we followed the rules like everyone else should be following and I, I can put hand on heart and say one million percent that my wife and I and our, our kids haven't been outside of the house. Um, and, and look, do, would, would my behaviour be different if I didn't have children? Probably, because I'm not I'm not their age, and I, I know how I behaved when I was their age. I'm no um, saint here, and I fucked up plenty of times in my life. But the one thing that that I, I can hand on heart say is that a that we followed. All the, all the rules and, and socially distance because I've got an anxiety around this virus. We don't know what it is. Anyone that wants to get up, get on and say that they know and, you know, that doesn't affect kids and it doesn't affect, you know, it, it's more, uh, I, I guess, it's harsher on one age group or another, that, that may well be true, but we've got no hard evidence on any of this. So at the moment, everyone's guessing. Like, look, look at what it's doing to America. Look at what look at what it's done to Europe. Look at what it did to China initially. Oh, there's a whole whole big uh, bunch of issues that go around this, and they, they just the, the behaviour reeks of um, it's about me. It's not about anyone else. And the bigger picture, here. Mm. we've never been through this before. Um, but I, I just don't think there's five rules in New South Wales that you need to follow. Um, or, or five reasons why you can essentially not isolate and be outside your home. If it's not one of those five, then you shouldn't be outside your home. Yeah. Um, we're about to now get on Friday, you know, we're allowed to then travel and, you know, so my wife and I can travel to, to you guys and to my wife's mum, etc. Yeah, two adults and, and children. Kids. Okay, but even that, like, to me, I, I need to make sure that 
if we're doing that, that everyone in that house is pretty comfortable that they're clear. Otherwise, there's no way I'm going to risk the health of my children. Mm, and it comes, no way in the world. Comes back because to... in the end, I'm, I'm their guardian, and every decision that I make has to be about them, not about me. Yeah. And that's what I mean by perspective. People don't have that perspective. Um, and I'm not saying that they should. And I certainly didn't when I was, I was, um, you know, the age of Mitchell and Otto Carr. I, I did worse things than, um, you know, what they've done here. Um, but, but I always owned up to them. And there was a, a level of accountability there. Yeah, also, not in Just, the middle of a pandemic that's going to, you no. know... It's, 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 no, it's what, it's what it's, we went back well, to. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't think I'm overreacting. I think I'm maybe it's spilled over because I've, it's just been this week. You just see people, you know, on Anzac Day, we had people around us where we live, having people over, having piss-ups, um, and just basically stubbing their nose at the rules. And I just think, well, everyone, everyone, all the lines at the moment are, you know, we're in this together, we're in this together. But, yeah, when push comes to shove... When we really need to, we get those days, you know, like I thought everyone handled Easter fairly well, um, despite a few places where um, I saw, you know, Bunnings at one point, um, I wanted to go into there to, to get something pulled up in the car park and saw the amount of people that were in there and just drove away. I thought, well, I don't really need what I've come here to get. And, um, you know, a mate of mine at work went to Costco at um, Rouse Hill and just said, I couldn't believe the, the amount of people in there. There's no social distancing in there. So, And that was just before Easter. So I don't know whether we've handled these public occasions as well as what we, we should. Um, but Anzac Day was one for me. It just visibly, I could see it and hear it, even within my own home, that people were behaving differently. Um, and it's just, it's, it is just disappointing. Because the last thing I want to see is that us get back to where we are. We may not. You know, we may be out of this, and we may just go onwards and upwards and hit from here. But yeah, you just want to knock it on the I head. I just think there's ex- there's experts, oh, and I, I keep saying this. Oh, I listen to experts, the medical experts. Now, when Gladys Berejiklian gets on today and says on Friday it's going to be safe to do this, provided you do it in this manner, I trust that because I know that she wouldn't be getting up there and saying that without expert medical advice from multiple people. So I'm confident in that. Uh, but there's too many fucking doctors on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram who are, you know, want to tell the world about, you know, how this is going to be fixed and how people should be behaving and, you know, how the restrictions should be lifted. You know, just leave it to the experts. Yeah, well, you've got your, your Pete Evanses of the world who think that an ultra-fucking-violet light's going to cure coronavirus, I'll help you. And then you've got the US situation with Donald Trump, the dancer, telling people to inject things like uh, disinfectant. It's good for you. Just absolute fucking insanity. So I don't know what I'm more crankier about. Like, just the stupidity of it, the fact that they were so dumb that they put it all over social media. That's the one that got me. There'd be no consequence. But for me, it's more about the impact it's going to have on other people who had a job within the game, who now do not have a job within the game, who are scrapping to find work, scrapping to pay their mortgage, scrapping to put food on the table. And I'm not exaggerating here. And, and yet these players just think, well, I don't, I don't care about that. I care yeah. about me and my mob and my brothers, as, as Latrell Mitchell wants to, wants to put it. And You know, I'm not saying I don't care about his mob and his brothers and the guys that are going through 
a you know, tough time. We're all going through a but tough time. It's about now. going through it the right way and dealing with it the right way and helping those um, people within the parameters that we've got operating at the moment. Yeah. It's as simple as that. And then again, like I said, as a player or anyone else or looking at it from coaches or people that are in lesser jobs or anyone that's involved in the league or just any fan out there, I just looked at it today and again was like, fuck, like, all this work that is going in to be the first sport back, the first thing back for the benefit of the game, the future of the game, all of your wages, every player getting paid, everyone get back, the 72% pay cut that currently stands, if any of your actions have a direct effect on all of this stuff, forget the bullshit excuses or trying to offload it or not just copping on the chin and apologising, like, think of the fucking bigger picture. Everyone wants the game back. We all want to guarantee the future. All the players want to get paid. Everyone wants to get back to work. Some of the people that like you said that we know, we're not talking about people here. We're not vouching for people that are fucking millionaires or $100,000 players. We're talking about club roles who are no different to your average worker, probably getting 60, 70, 80 grand in certain roles. We're not talking about top-level NRL fucking CEOs or GMs. These are people that have club roles at NRL level and other levels, but these aren't ridiculously high-paying jobs. They're stock standard jobs. But on the flip side... They they give up their weekends and they give up their their social time and family time for rugby league. Yeah, can't leave out, obviously. Tyron Roberts-Davis was there also, former Titan and I think now at Newcastle. He copped a smaller fine and then Nathan Cleary, so anyone doesn't think we're not fucking being fair on the other side of the ledger. Oh, no, I was going to get to Nathan Cleary. He got caught out. Um, I think the flip side again... You know, when when they say, uh, you know, it's a little bit murkier on Cleary because... Not all the details are as known as what the Mitchell and Addo car, and that's well, only because of time. He spoke was, tonight. Was he, at, was he at his house or was he at Ivan's house? No, he spoke tonight that he was at home and friends yeah, that... But home is in home is in his no, house. his house. Well, yeah, I don't so know, but he said he was at home. Was his sister, yeah, but I, I, I was under the, under the impression that he was living with Ivan at the moment. Uh, I don't have a fucking clue. I don't live but with that's Nathan. That's what I'm saying. I, I, don't under, I don't understand. So... If if it if it's the situation where he's living with his parents and his sisters come home into that house where multiple people are living, uh, like it's 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 a different sort of situation because they've they've come without him inviting. Them. Does that make sense? In that he he's still found himself he's found himself in a position. Which he hasn't orchestrated. Yeah, but he he's f- from the way he spoke on the news. I said before he was at his own house. He reckons right. he'd be- he's let them in. He's been in meetings or whatever during the day. Him and his sister and her friends or whatever I thought, or her friends were somewhere up the road, leaving somewhere else. Uh, you know, yeah, hang on a minute. But they're so they're breaking the law, breaking social distancing rules. Yeah, because they're all together, and then they've come. If, if they've then come to his house, his house, and then he has let them in then he's just as stupid and, you know, um, I guess lack of awareness is, is at the same height as, as Mitchell and Adokar. One thing I will... Like, I, I think it's different if, you know, for example, let's use where you're living now. You know, if I, if I roll up on your doorstep there now and Dad sort of says, yeah, come on in, and then, you know... I give you a cuddle or I come within your distance. That's a decision that hasn't been totally made by you. And that was sort of where my head was at if he was living with Ivan and the whole family, no, obviously. he was at home. That's a, okay, yeah. But, yeah, but when you say home... We're he, saying he was at his, his, own, his house. own house. He's at his own yeah. house. Yeah. His house. 
Okay. But I was under the impression that a few of the interviews that he did on Fox League Live, he was living with Ivan. Yeah, well, maybe he's going between, but he's allowed to if he was yeah, anyway. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I just wanted to get some nah, information apparently, exactly where he was. Because if, he, if he's at home by himself and there's no, there's, he's let them in. He's made that decision. He's created that environment for himself. Yeah, okay? even if, so that's totally different to if he was living with his parents and his sister was living there and she came into the house. That's that's a situation that's not controlled by him. No. Nah. He has let them in for 10 minutes or whatever, but the difference is, like I said before, he's got straight on the front foot, he's apologised, he's stuffed up, he's involved in all the RLPA stuff, he knows it. But my, my point here being, he's just owned it. Own it, cop it on the chin, what you've yeah, done is stupid. Yeah, trying to sort of say, well, we're, we're treating clearly different. Because, well, we're not, because you know, the, others also, have, the others have got bloody charges from the police and have done plenty more riskier things, like... Yeah. I don't want to compare apples and oranges, but someone rocking well, up... Well, you are. That's what you're doing. Ten... Anyone's comparing. He's comparing apples and oranges because it's totally different. But my big thing about how these two have been perceived, like, and even the fine today, they go, oh, he only got 10000 I go, well, someone rocking up your doorstep for 10 minutes, he's fucked up, he's copped on the chin, he's owned it instantly, that's the end of story. The other two... Robert Stavis, he only got 10000 He got the same fine as Cleary. Yeah, well, I'd assume also on his side... When he was there, no, but he's like from the NRL's perspective. I'm pretty sure he only went there on a development deal. So if they find him fifty thousand dollars, he's not going to have anything left over. Yeah, but then again, that that creates a um, a difficult situation as well because then you're then basing fines and sanctions on income. Yeah, I get that. But in the current climate, is more the point I'm making. I'm sure if they looked at someone, you know, if if I get pulled over speeding, you get pulled over speeding. Fine is the fine. Yeah, I get that. Um, but we're not talking about well, it. I thought, look, I'll put it this way. I thought the fines were soft. I thought they should have all been at least given a two-game suspension. Uh, they, You know, Valenius came out and said they've got, a, they've got a chance to earn the trust and show that they can be trusted. But, again, I'll use that example. If I'm flying down the M4 doing 20 kilometres over the speed limit, the police officer doesn't pull me over and say, mate, I'll give you another chance to, to show that you can behave correctly. Well, I think... The... You know, I know, I know the financial hit is going to hurt, uh, but, look, hit them where it hurts and take rugby league off them. I think a two-game ban plus the fines would have been uh, about right, I think. Well, plain and simple, a one-game suspension that's suspended is fucking pointless. You're either suspended for a game or two games or don't suspend it at all. Correct. Because you, it should it sh- have been a four. It should have been a four game suspension with two suspended. You'd assume after what's happened, they're not going to be dumb enough to do it again. Uh, the fact that there was charges and other things related to the other situation, yeah, probably leads to a bigger fine and just the general actions of whether they were unregistered on a beach, unlicensed guns. Addo Card already had, apparently had two or three previous warnings for not following social distancing rules yeah, and be two, yeah. moving around. So he's already show him that he's struggling with the situation and not really following the rules, which is just dumb. Uh, I think on the flip side of this, Wayne Bennett probably a little different the way he carries things, but I'm sure him and South would be disappointed. But if I'm at a car, I'll tell you what, it's probably a good thing he's heading back to Sydney next year because I'm sure Craig Bellamy would want to chew his fucking ear off right now. Well, he may get moved on before that. Well, you know, the flip... Oh, I don't know about that year, but the flip side of it is like, just looking at the video in general from an NRL point of view, and we've talked about this so many times and I'm sick of fucking talking about it, social media. Stop it. Do what you're doing and if you're going to do something fucking stupid, stop recording everything. 
Yeah, but this is the thing. They, they, it's the culture. It's the likes culture, and it's the following culture. Just do what you're doing. And it's the retweeting culture, and it's the reposting culture, and it's the sharing culture. But again, self awareness is the you best know, awareness. I, I want to have. I want to have everyone see what I'm doing, and I want them to like it. And I want to be liked by people. Yeah, it's, it's 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 really not just about behaving and doing the right thing. And it's really you know, not. If you're going to go away for a weekend and just just do it and enjoy it. And, yeah, have, I get that. Have anyone see it. But in in the regular world, in this current fucking situation, self awareness is probably the best awareness, and it's not hard to figure out. Oh, we probably shouldn't be doing this. And even if you weren't in this pandemic, you've got no helmet on, no shirt, riding around on a motorcycle, hitting jumps and firing guns. I'm pretty sure your clubs wouldn't be too happy about that. Full stop. When you're a contracted footballer, uh, like the Nath one again. I'm not trying to flip the situation, but. He's got a couple laying on him and a random drunk chick's taking a photo of him. He wasn't dumb enough to take the photo himself. He wasn't known to the photo and it was posted up. He's ended up in a shit situation. Well, Should... he didn't pose. He didn't pose. No, that's what I'm saying. He shouldn't have let him in the first place. But again, like players in these situations, in particular social media, I couldn't believe on the flip side that Addo Carr was dumb enough to put the photos up. Like, just think about the current climate and what you're doing. And you like even if you were doing it, you like I'm not saying it's right, but none of this comes out, and no one would have a bloody clue about what you would have done just without not using social media. Stay the fuck off social media. It's not hard. They constantly, every time we have one of these issues, NARPA's thing, anything, WhatsApp group, Snapchats, every fucking thing comes back to social media, and players not being able to control themselves. It's not social media; it's the behaviour. Yeah, the behaviour too, but the social media half the time or more than half the cases is what's released it or got it out there. But there's nothing to put on social media if they're behaving correctly. Don't record what you're doing. Just do what you're doing. Plain and simple. Um, but yeah, I, I'm with you. I think the fines, 50,000 is a lot. But when you suspend the 60%, 20 grand for two guys in Cleary. Uh, oh, he's only got a 10K fine, so for him it's chump change. Out of cars, not on the wedge that Latrell's on, but still... Big enough, but I think in the current situation and putting the game at risk, definitely game suspensions would have been more appropriate. Tyrons Roberts Davis, again, whether it's right or wrong, I think the fine was probably less. Uh, he's not featuring as much. He's probably not as highlighted as these other three guys, but I guess the more disappointing part on the other three is they're all rep players, two Australian reps and one obviously an origin level. And, uh, you know, just not what we needed when we have a lot of positive stuff going on or we're heading towards a massive positive. So that was the big disappointment. And the big thing for me as well, to, on the flip side of it, a lot of people out there know this, it more shitted me when you've got Palaszczuk putting up hurdles or people protesting the game and you've got your Peter Fitzsimons of the world just carrying on like a fuckwit every single week about rugby league, think they're better than us and they don't deserve to be different from anyone. And then this kind of behaviour or these bits and pieces give them fuel or give them something to grab onto. That was more what bothered me today. Yeah. I don't want to give... You. And, you know, we spoke about Palaszczuk two weeks ago. I said she was grandstanding. You know, now, two weeks later, despite the behaviour that we've seen in the last 24 hours, she's essentially said, yeah, well, we're going to come to an agreement and an understanding and uh, games will essentially be played in Queensland and teams will be able to travel in and out. So, again, and, and in two weeks, four weeks' time, we're, we're going to be in... Um, in a different position because the numbers are just going to continue to change it. Things might get worse, things might get better, but uh, there's been a lot of grandstanding going on. i tell you, the other one I actually found really funny, and I still would believe it, and uh, there was excuses made for it. They said that Clint Newton liked the photo. He did. 
and then it was off. Like the photo, and then he said, "I accidentally no, locked I did it." it accidentally, but if you did it accidentally, wouldn't you just unlock it? Yeah, and we all know how that works. You do scroll past things and click on it, like it. But if you saw that, surely you're going. Well, well, apparently, Kenty Friday on the weekend. I, I read an article yesterday about it. I, I didn't hear it. I had to listen to it today. It was just, I think, because when they announced the start date during the week, he came out like, hold on a minute, like, there's some things that haven't been cleared that they wanted guarantees about doctors and treatment of players, etc. In, in Kenty's words, and a lot of people caught on it, poo-pooing the date, and why would you do that when we're trying to be positive and head the right way? Yeah. And then he's talking on the weekend saying, well, everything is good and guaranteed. And he was blowing up saying, well, what, why the fuck would you say that for? And he's like, well, it wasn't in writing. In yeah, Kenny got a bit hot under the collar, but um, that that side of things. Yeah, but again, like even with the photo, I, I didn't mean to like it. It's, uh, just say that you liked it. Own your behaviour. He's clearly just liked it and scrolled past it, thinking, you know. And and he, I don't, why, why should Clint Newton come on fire? Like he liked the photo. Plenty of people liked the photo. Um, and I guess he should just pull around and say, look. When I liked the photo, I wasn't really thinking about the situation that we're in. Like, when you jump onto social media and you're scrolling through and you're, you're looking and whatever, you're not, you're not looking for reasons to... We shouldn't be looking for reasons to jump on people and be negative. He would have just been scrolling through casually, liked it, didn't think anything of it. And, you know, in normal in a normal day, there wouldn't have been anything wrong with it. But there is, obviously, because of what we're going through. So... I don't think it's the worst crime in the world, but again, I, I just wish instead of people talking out their ass, they just own that yeah, I made a mistake, and I shouldn't have liked it. And when I did like it, I should have unliked it. And it, but it was a mistake, and I apologise for it. Move on. Yeah. All right. Again, like, it's not just Latrell Mitchell and Josh Adokar. It's it's you know people within the hierarchy of that game. Mm. They can't get that simple message through their head about accountability and just owning behaviour. Anyway. Well, that resolves that one. So, again, fines, suspended games that aren't suspensions, those two hit particularly hard, and then obviously the court and the police proceedings to follow. See what happens on that side of things. But, uh, yeah, everyone had a different opinion. A lot of people have come out and said it probably wasn't heavy enough as far as the games were concerned, which I agree with. But then you've got someone like Gus Gould saying they should be banned for the year. I think that's just fucking ludicrous. It was crazy. Um, crazy. He, yeah, that was as crazy as some of the things that Peter Fitzsimmons has been saying. I, I said that Gus has been saying some crazy shit the last few weeks or since this is all going on, but, yeah, that, that, that's no, getting I, up I, there. I, get the, I get the sentiment. I, I get where... I, I understand where, what he what Gus is thinking. I get it too. But I don't agree with it. But when you also link back to what they said originally, well, if the authorities... No, Gus is thinking as a, as, as a manager, of a, as a GM of a club. Yeah. And as someone who's been around the game a long time, and he, he, he understands the best way to stamp out behaviour is to be strong and just hammer the first person that steps out of line. He, that's old school, and that's that's where that's that's where Gus was brought up in the old school. And, I you think, know, that, that's where that's that's what he knows. That that's his foundation for his philosophy on discipline and how things should be managed. So I don't, I don't think it's it's wrong. I, I disagree with what he said, but. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. And I get it. You know, when he came out on the other end, you had Sam Friday say, well, oh, you know, we should think about their mental health and oh, the impact it's going to have on them. And, oh, you know, and that's probably where we've landed. We've landed in that softly, softly approach. Uh, you know, I, I don't agree with Sam. I don't agree with Gus. I would have landed somewhere in the middle. I think the fines are okay. I probably would have banned all of them for two games. That's, that's 
probably all I would have done differently. Yeah. But again, anyone listening that disagrees with what I'm saying, full, you're fully entitled to disagree with what I'm saying. Yeah. Because there's, I don't, we haven't been through this before. No. And, we say this all the time when people fire up on Twitter or Facebook or send shots through to any of us. Like, opinions are like assholes. We've all got one. We're not trying no, to I, fight. I, I love it. I, I don't have a problem with it. Don't, I don't say things expecting people to agree with me. No, and that's my whole point when people come far. We, we, we live in a, a world that is full of ego, and that's the killer of people because it's about self-promotion. And you, want, you, know, you want to crave praise and you want people to agree with you. But in the end, like, that destroys the fabric of who you are. Like, yeah. just be comfortable in, in – put your ego to the side, have an opinion, and be comfortable, comfortable just to, to back your own opinion even if people don't agree with it. And that's yeah. but, sort of how I try and live my life. More particularly in this climate, though, I'm just surprised. Like, a lot of people that have taken all lots of small things and just run up wild with them, I'm like, fuck, just calm down. Yeah, people got too much time at home at the moment. Calm too down. Too time in front of screens, yeah. Like, um, you know – and, you know, like I said this at the start of the pandemic, just be kind to people, be nice to people, because we're all going through something at the moment. Yeah, and my point is, like I said before, my opinion is my opinion, your opinion is your opinion, same with everyone out there, but I'm saying... Yeah, all, we, more often than not, we don't agree. I'm saying people jumping on... Mates, so. yeah, people are jumping on each other about the Greenberg thing, and then there's people that were big on Volandis, and there's people that fucking suddenly now hate Volandis, and even I've got a couple, because we've said a few times he's doing a good job, got all the Volandis dick riders and all this, I'm like, fuck, people just need to calm down. Like if if I if I think he's if I think he you are a dick rider from way back, if I think he's fucked up or you know in in the long term he does something wrong, like at the moment I think he's doing a good job, but I think we spoke about this before. Like in in a couple of years, in a couple of years we're going to see how good a job he's done. I could be completely wrong in a few years' time. That's what I said to you off air. I think the the biggest how we're going to judge Land is he will judge him short term on what he does now, and I think. Up until this point, he's done a fairly good job. He's been aggressive. I he'll like be, it. He'll be judged on. Look, I think he's cocked up today. I'll, I'll criticise him on today because I don't agree with the, the punishment. Yeah, yeah, but that's also. So I agree on that. I think short term, his biggest. He's not the whole and sole control. Though, no, he's not. You have to go with the whole commission. Issue, um, his biggest issue at the moment is going to be the broadcast deal uh, because it's only really himself and Abdo. He chopped Greenberg out of that, so he's taking control of that. So he's going to be judged short-term on that. But in three or four years' time, we're going to sit back and go, you know, we've really navigated this period well because we're in a good position now and we've put money aside and we've managed our finances and we've restructured the financial operation of the game and we're in a much better position. It's very easy for people to come into an organisation. A lot of coaches do this as well. You know, it's always rainbows, lollipops and um, arse-kissing when coaches come to a club and, you know, they're going to win a comp and, you know, we're going to put the brooms through and we're going to build a roster. It all looks good early doors, and everyone loves what the coach is going to do. And but it's two and three years down the track. Once the work and the proof is in the pudding of what work's been put in and the results that are on the board, where people are judged, and that's how we're going to judge Philandis and um, the decisions that he's making now and that he's going to continue to make to try and do the best thing by the game. Mm. But in the short term, like I said, like anything, we're talking about the handling of this situation. Well, up until, yeah, up until this point. The only reason he's getting so much airtime right now is because he's the fucking face of a pandemic and a situation in the game where, what do you expect? He's in the limelight right now because he's the, at the forefront of everything. Yeah. So we're talking about a CEO more than we ever have in the six or seven years we've done this show because the word that everyone's fucking sick of using, unprecedented times. It is unprecedented times. Mm. Um, but... Yeah, we'll see what happens. But yeah, there's been a few 
people savaged each other about Greenberg, and then I've just seen a lot this week about Volandi's people going back and forth, saying he's in the pocket of News Limited, and other people are saying that anyone discussing an extension of a TV deal during a pandemic is a bad idea. Like, I'm not a fucking businessman. I don't know about you and what expertise you've got in any kind of situation or running a business, but uh, it's, it's well above my pay grade or intelligence. But the only thing I would take for anyone that was blowing up about that, if they were looking to extend on top of the two years we've got left over, if you're Channel 9, if you're Foxtel and you're the NRL and you're all hurting and you're all trying to rebuild and you need partners... You've got seven who are out there who are already linked to the AFL, so I'm sure they're not going to double dip. And then you've got ten who I think are probably in the worst financial shape of all of them who probably can't match what Nine's invested anyway. Sure, Nine's looking for a bit of a haircut right now. Fox has lost some things over the last couple of years but definitely don't want to lose the football. And we're trying to claw our way back. So if something did get done extension-wise, I wouldn't want to see a huge drop-off in what we've already got right now. But I don't see how we couldn't expect the game to be worth less when our ratings have slowly been dropping, the landscape's changing, and the game isn't worth... What ratings are we talking about? The, the ratings haven't dropped. The grand final last year was one of the first that wasn't in the top five, and Origin the last couple of years hasn't been all three games in the top five. I'm not trying to death ride things completely. My point is, if all the businesses have hurt, and this is, again, an unprecedented situation, if they did adjust for a few surely, years... Surely we're not judging the, the broadcast deal via one season and saying that they're not in the top five I'm sure all four of those games would have been in the top ten and in, in the end we don't know that I, I think look I'm, I'm happy for the game to take a haircut this year because everyone's got to take a haircut this year and the game's not worth as much the game doesn't look the same the integrity of the competition isn't the same but once we kick off next season I don't understand how we don't just the, the broadcast deal that existed prior to the pandemic wouldn't just kick back into place would you be opposed? What, what, every, what the contract, the terms of that contract will be in place. The, the issue at the moment is that the game has been stopped because of an, an unforeseen circumstance beyond everyone's control, which is going to damage the game financially. It's, it's obviously going to decrease the amount of income that the game can make this year. But as of next year, I can't see how the game and the terms of that contract won't be met, the previous contract. Yeah, I'm with you. So but... I'm all for renegotiating this year because this year the terms of that contract have not been met. But as of next year, those, the terms of that contract will be met. So I wouldn't understand why that deal doesn't stand. Huh? But again, I don't know whether they're renegotiating for this year or they're renegotiating your. From what I understand from what you're saying, you're saying that what we negotiate for this year will then stand for the next three years. No, I think the point is they were saying the other day, and it was by Michael Shamus and everyone that was blowing up about this, not this year and next year, was that the three parties were talking about extending the deal as a whole, adding years on to what exists. There's only two years left after this year. So they're talking about... Ex- I understand that, but I don't, I don't understand why, why we'd be renegotiating that now. Well, my only I assumption... Fool- I think it'd be foolish for the, for the NRL to be renegotiating it now. It'd be smart for the broadcasters to be renegotiating it now. Yeah, but my point for everybody when they're flipping out, and again, I'm not a business person, but if everyone's lost money or everyone's in a hole and everyone's trying to recoup, it's not going to fucking happen in 12 months. So if everybody's got to... I understand that, but simple business says that, you know, you're going to try and buy a product at its lowest end. And that's what they're trying to do. That's essentially what the broadcasters are trying to do. They're trying to use this current position to buy the rights to broadcast the game for less. That's, that's what's going on now. 
That's simple business. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing yeah. with you, but we're... I'll tell you what, when the games are kicking ass, and those four games are in the top four or the top five, they're not banging the door saying, well, we've got unders here, we're going to pay you more. It's the same argument as what we have with players. You know, player A makes origin and, and you know, becomes a, a an elite player in the NRL. However, he's still on a deal that he signed when he was not of that notoriety and he goes to the club CEO and says, hey, I want more money. It's the same argument. However, you know, when he signs that deal and then he blows his ACL out the next year, he's not then knocking on the CEO's door saying, he has something back. To me, it's, it's a very similar situation. So, you know, I'm all for the, the renegotiation this year because I can understand, as everyone can, listening, that the game is not going to be worth as much. Put simply, there's not as many games to be broadcast. Uh, but, but next year, I don't understand how the integrity of the competition and what was agreed on in that original TV deal yeah, that existed for the next two seasons wouldn't be as it is because the competition will be what it was. Yeah, I don't think it's about the next two years, though. I think that's the point. They pay as is. I'm not saying it is. I'm saying that there's two situations here. Firstly is the here and now. So if you're going to renegotiate the here and now, do that. But come next year... When this is gone, the pandemic's over, and business resumes as normal, to me, the TV deal should resume as normal, or as was. That's my point. Hmm. My only point is, like I said, I'm not surprised they're discussing things. I'm not saying you lock it in, but when people are flipping out going, well, why would they even be talking about why would you do it? I'm like, well, if everyone's lost money, if everyone's in bad shape, I'm not surprised that partners are all sitting down, looking at each other, and discussing the possibility of what would be good or viable for everyone long term if they think they're in that bad a nick. Would I take a massive unders deal? No, if I was the game, I'd be trying to back myself, obviously, over the next two years to do the right thing, and I'm hoping that Fox and Nine get back on their feet and the dollar's rolling and everyone's kicking goals and we can get a better extension on top. But in the short term, from a business perspective, when everyone's in a hole and hurting and losing money and trying to get back and get their head above water, if a business doesn't have money to give away 500 uh, the millions of dollars they've got or they're not in a position moving their forward, rather than cutting ties with everyone and alienating one another... I think the reason any thought of an extension or this discussion would have come up is for all parties involved to take care of one another. And then probably from the NRL's perspective... What are you talking about? Are you talking about this year or are you talking... No, if they extended the deal on top of the deal we've got right now. You're not making any sense. What you're saying is not making any sense. Either you're talking about the here and now, which I agree with, or you're talking about negotiating a deal now, throwing the old broadcast deal in the bin and starting again. Is that what you're saying? No, they're saying to add on to... Afterwards, we've got next year, we've got 22. They're talking about putting 23, 24, 25, extending the deal as a whole. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, again, I'll go back to what I said. I don't know why you'd do that. It's two years away. Again, that's like negotiating with a player two years before his contract runs. I get that. We're, we're talking a situation where we don't know our financial future. They're trying to unless save that right knew, now. Unless you knew that you were going to get unders which is what the broadcasters essentially know that they're going to get if they renegotiate now. Which is my original point. I just don't think anyone's in a great spot. I'm saying the fact... They're not, they're not but... The fact that everyone's who, discussing who, it. Who stands to win here? The broadcasters stand to win here if this deal is lower than what it is that's agreed upon. But if everyone's in financial trouble, my point is that you may not have the choice. I think you do have the choice because once once the game gets back on its feet, the game will resume. 
and and everyone listening is pining for rugby league. So we can talk as fucking doom and gloom as we want. The game will get back on its feet. The game will be as strong as it ever was, if not stronger. Um, and I think you'll find that the support for the game will be as strong as ever as well. Particularly um, with, with um, you know, the leadership that Volandis and the direction that Volandis is trying to take the game. Look at racing at the moment. Racing is thriving in this current situation. So, anyway, let's we'll move on and just see, see what pans out with the broadcast deal and then we can judge it for what it is. Yeah, well, he's the one I'm getting at that everyone's blowing up about, that if he's discussing to do this early and take unders for years on top, that he should be sacked. Hence why everyone was blowing up about any positive... Well, it depends. Well, what's unders? Well, it depends. Yeah, because unders, the criteria for unders is $1 less. It's unders. Because it's not what we were on, we were getting. Right? And that, that goes back to your point. Like, significantly under. Well, what, what's significantly under? I mean, you're only really going to know what is significant unders when they take a deal and you look at it and you go well okay I think we've been gypped here so and again we don't know what, what the negotiations are there's no leaks out of those meetings which is refreshing it's good uh, I think the best thing is that those three people get in a room they nut it out all the numbers are on the table we're not then playing this and having this uh, manipulated and trial by the media and trial via social media. Um, anyone that, that says that they know what's going on in those meetings is full of shit because even the journalists are getting on to Fox League Live and saying that there's nothing coming out of these meetings. No one is telling us what's going on, which is great because you've got three people in there who know exactly their financial position. They know exactly what um, each other gives to each other, which is what you're talking about. So they'll know how to fair deal. And we just got to, whatever it is, we move on with. Hmm. Well, there hasn't been a word since, which is why I took this the other day. Which is great. I like that. But the only thing... They're they're, they're getting the business done that they need to get done behind closed doors without all the fucking experts on social media and in the media who aren't in that room and who do not understand, as you said, the functions of those business and the financial situations of those businesses when they form their opinions. Well, we'll see if it turns out to be true or not. But Michael Shemis, what was it, the 22nd, so this is almost a week ago now, come out saying that they're close to finalising a new deal with Nine and Fox that would extend the deal until 2025, which would be less money per annum than the 325 they get a year at the moment. And, yeah. 325. $325 million they get combined between the two at the moment. So what's he saying it's going to be? That's the thing. There was no numbers. But when everyone was blowing up originally, freaking out and discussing it or whatever, all I was saying... We'll just just judge it when it comes out. I know. But my only perspective was when everyone flipped out at the time and go, fire him and he's fucked up. who are you talking about? Who's flipped out? Everyone's flipping out. I'm just talking what we talked about before. Social media. People just melt down about nothing. We find something to blow up about. We're not happy when there was no crowd and people say, oh, it's different without the crowds or now... Greenberg, and then fucking we want to sack the Landys. Too many people listen to social media. I just... Should, we shouldn't allow anyone, anyone uh, who allows themselves to be manipulated um, and have their decisions altered by what's on social media need to go and have a look in the mirror. And again, understand who you are and have some conviction about your opinion and form it based on what you know and what you think is best. I am, but I'm asking you... No, I'm not, I'm not saying that's not... A shot at you. That's, I'm just saying that 
like anyone that's that's allowing their opinion to be formed based on yeah, I don't, the window at the moment or, or what's on social media. I like, yeah, again. No, I'm agreeing with you, but I'm saying like when people flip out, I'm like, we don't even have all the information well, yet. Well, I look on social media, okay, and, I, and if, if it's just a person who shoots shit with a, you know, fake profile and a, you know, won't even state their name, I just take it with a grain of salt because it's someone who obviously doesn't have the conviction to put their name to it. If it's an expert who is putting their name to it, who works in that field, then I, I tend to trust their opinion more. Yeah, but I'm just getting that. When I saw it post originally, I'm like, well, it's not even confirmed yet, but I was just put myself in the perspective, I'm not a business person. I'm not any of these people, but if all your businesses were hurting, which was the only point I'm making... You've said it 15 times. I've heard it. Yeah. Let's move on. Yeah. Uh, alrighty. What have we got? Well, the positive thing, which we finally got to, the date was confirmed. We've had talks all week. Things were dragged on. People, again, were getting a bit iffy, saying why have things been sorted? Nine in particular were the ones trying to put the anchors on things. They wanted 17 games or the least amount of games impossible. They're still playing the card. that They're trying to save as much money as they can because Hugh Marks has obviously told their shareholders that if football didn't come back, they'd save $130 million. They're playing the T20 card, which I brought up the point last week. Like, fuck, at this point in time, even if things are good in Australia, it doesn't mean we're still going to be able to have all these internationals come over here and make sure that that goes ahead. Would the government give exemptions to get them over here or isolate them, do what they need to do in six months' well, time or whatever? The, they've just given the Warriors an exemption. Yeah, that's my point. They probably will uh, in six months' time. But to ride everything... So just, look, this time last week, a lot of the news was and a lot of the opinions overseas were that the World Cup would still go on. A lot of the opinions are now shifting to it's a logistical nightmare, it won't work. So I think we're probably now heading down the path that it won't happen. The World Cup we're talking. So, but again, we're, gonna, we're not going to know for a little while longer now. And if, we shouldn't be allowing the TV deal to, to be dictated to by the T20 World Cup. I understand that that's, a, that's a, um, an issue for Channel 9 to work through. Yeah, well, Fox. That's their issue. That's their, and Fox. But Fox have games as well. Issue. Fox have got a rugby league channel. It, 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 look, and f- f- from my perspective, I'll watch the T20 World Cup and I'll watch the NRL. And whether they run concurrently or not, it doesn't. It won't impact how much I watch, more or less. And I think the majority of people out there listening would probably watch cricket in the summer, watch rugby league in the winter and they'd be or, or AFL in the winter and then watch cricket in the summer they'd be salivating at the thought they're going to get both because I am <laughs> I can't think of anything better in October usually in October we've got nothing and yet we're going to have the World Cup starting and you know the back end of the NRL season I think it's going to be great yeah I totally agree with you but yeah from their perspective Nine in particular the one who tried to chuck the anchors in there it was basically up to the NRL and Fox Fox has the majority share so as far as I'm concerned Nine can stick it up their ass. I'd be... but also why, why wouldn't they then now right Re- if that's the issue go in and the NRL could form their draw around the T20 draw just move some games Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. So you're not having a state of origin played on the same night as Australia playing or the grand final on the same night as a big T20 game. Just move them around. It's not hard. Anyway, there's smarter people than us that can make that. Yeah, well, I had a look earlier. I didn't look at every single date. I looked at the start and finish date. But the grand final is only a week after it kicks off. So, realistically, there's the two pre... What date's our grand final? 25th, isn't it? Yes, on a Sunday. And there'll be some... At best, there'll be some shit pool game of the T20. I'll tell you right now. Sunday the the 25th um, is New Zealand West Indies. Yeah, so it's a pool game. At the, at the MCG. At what time? 7 o'clock Australian Eastern. So, realistically, grand final has been around that time, so you'd be similar sort of kickoff. But again, it's a pool game. I'm pretty sure I'd be more interested in watching the grand final than a fucking pool game of T20 cricket. Correct. That I can record with modern yeah, technology. So, so- yeah, that's right. The World Cup kicks off on the 18th, and that's that's exactly a week after kicking off is our grand final. And then as far as origin afterwards... So essentially, like, even, even the start, the only match that will clash from an NRL perspective is the grand final because the two preliminaries are played on the Friday, Saturday. The World Cup will kick off on the Sunday. The grand final will then be on the following Sunday, so it'll clash with that one game. Um, and then, yeah, when, you, when you're looking at your origins, the, the final of the World Cup... Is played on Sunday, the fifteenth of November. Who's who's to say that the grand final doesn't go earlier if we're not going to have all the lower grades as well? We don't know that yet. In terms of time, that's a good point. So they we might go. Have, we could have a day. We could have a day match. They might go the game. twilight. They might go a four o'clock game. Like you know, I don't know. I'd love to, I'd love to see this three o'clock kickoff. I saw the last few weeks that there was some preliminary dates put in place for Ron Massey and other bits and pieces so I'd assume if those preliminary dates are put in they'd consider Cup coming back but how long can you let Cup run for to call it a viable competition for this season? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, don't, I don't know. Like, again, why, why did the New South Wales Rugby League rush to cancel all these competitions? The same thing. You rush to make decisions. You rush to put dates on things. It's just morons in there running, running these organisations. You know, like I understand cancelling the Harold Matthews SG ball, Tasha Gale, all that, because they, they'd they now be over anyway. Mm. But these competitions that ran for as long as the NRL, they just come out and cancel <laughs> Just postpone it. It's indefinitely postponed. And then if you get to a point in time where you go, we can't now run a competition, bang, they're cancelled, done. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't get it. I think, again, public perception and pressure and they uh, feel the public need. Public perception, that's right. Yeah, making decisions based around what other people are saying and thinking. Mm. And even junior league. I've seen junior league. Based on your own convictions. Yeah, but I've seen junior league pages for Christ's sake where people are hammering. Like, even the junior league, the junior league isn't cancelled. I know, but they've been hammering them going, we want dates. Like they've got proposed dates for June, July, August, all these things for yeah. comps and people are freaking out. I'm like, fuck, sure there's more important things right now than your kids playing football. Like, let's just sort this out first. Everyone wants to get back to normality. Correct. But, yeah. But yeah, realistically, no one's been the one this week that's caused most of the drama. I don't think Fox has been a big drama. If anything, all the talk is that Fox 
We're obviously keen on more games like the NRL to get more content because they've got absolutely fucking nothing at the moment. And them having more exclusive games and all the other bits and pieces and being the majority shareholder, you can understand. But at the end of the day, the talk was even if NRL uh, 9 weren't happy or wanted to have less games, there's anti-siphoning laws or something along those lines where if NRL ultimately said they wanted more than the 17 games that 9 would and they're not willing to broadcast them, they could take them elsewhere, which would basically force 9 into a situation. But rightfully so, and they said this multiple times, they obviously wanted to listen to both their stakeholders because they pay the majority of the money that comes into the game. So they wanted to get uh, the opinions and give them some part of it. But in the end, uh, seems like we've landed on a pretty good number. The original talk was 22 rounds or so that Fox were after and the NRL were looking for the minimum. Oh, sorry, nine was looking for the minimum, which would have been 17, so only 15 more to go or 13 more games to go and then straight into the final series. So as a football fan, 20 weeks... Uh, or 18 more weeks plus the finals and Origin on the back end, I'm stoked. And as said originally, Origin at the back end not affecting everyone after this break and having a full season, it may not be everybody playing everybody once. You have to play five teams twice, but it's still the fairest format. It's still the fairest format to me, not having the Origin interference. Everyone's going to have their plays. Yeah, agree. Totally agree. Totally agree. I think it's a great result. If you would have said said to me when the competition shut down that we we're going to get eighteen weeks later on in the year plus finals plus Origin, have they made a decision on the kangaroo tour? Or is that still up in the air? Uh, I, I highly doubt that. The last thing that's ever going to happen as far as any international stuff or moving would be internationals with Origin being there. Surely we can't. Look, like, like, again, I don't think it'll it'll exist in its um, original format. You know, could they meet halfway? Could they play? You know, maybe in Fiji or yeah, not that tough way. Surely, I don't, I don't know. I'm, just, I'm, I'm spitballing. If they were going to do it, how would they? How could they potentially I'd, look at doing it? Or are you just postponing? So we're going to do it the year after. There's too much going on. I'd knock it on the head because we're not going to finish Origin until up until November. There's contract stuff. There's money yeah, stuff. Again, I don't want to hear that argument that you know football is going to be played too late in the year because you know we had a game that was played in late November last year between Great Britain and Papua New Guinea and you know they just jumped straight back into playing again this year so I don't think that argument's going to wash no I, I just but, but I do think if they they play it in its original format and Australia travel over they're not going to be getting back here until Christmas which I think is a little bit unreasonable yeah but a full stop unless there's vaccines and this miraculously clears up close to for now in our current state, which we're unlikely to have any of that, I wouldn't be sending anyone yeah, else. Will we, will we eradicate it? And, and in which case, it, if we eradicate it... They have to it come here. Be that the, that exactly. Great Britain has to come here, and you'd have to put everyone on a plane that's tested negative. You'd yeah. have to test them all before they jump on the but plane. But I, I just still think there's too much shit going on that we're better off keeping right it now. within right Australia. Now, yes. Right now, yes. Get to the end of the year, see where we but are. I do think now, my point is now, like now that we have a schedule in place and we understand... How the, how the season's going to look, we could almost make a call on that because, you know, if Origin's not going to finish till mid-November, you then pick a team, you put them together, um, you put them on a plane, they head over or even Great Britain come here, that's just going to be going too far into the season unless they're keeping it in their pocket thinking that the NRL may potentially be shut down again and the season called off, which is now comes into a, a, being a possibility, particularly with uh, the player behaviour. In that they go, well, okay, season's can, pack it up, 
we're going to tour. We're going to have that tour at the end of the year, and that'll be the carrot. Hmm. Um, I'm just, not sure. Oh, I'm not sure. I was just interested to see where that where the the Great Britain tour goes now. So. Yeah. Well, to me, if, if we're playing up to November, you have your kind of Christmas break. Like you're already eating into part of the preseason you'd yeah. normally no, do. I agree. I agree. And hopefully next year's back to as normal as possible. And there's still a shitload to be decided to me that I wouldn't want to be dealing with as a player or a club or even the NRL right now as far as the finances, the salary cap, the stru- like the whole structure of the NRL, club land, salaries, player movement. There's so many hurdles that are just more important right now that we've got a season than in a couple international games that aren't linked to NRL. I'm just not worried about the Australian games yeah, I was, at all. I was really looking forward to the Great Britain stuff. I am too, but you know, like for now, surely we can put that off for 12 months. And yeah, deal. I get it. I'm just saying, I... I, I was interested to know where that goes now mm. because I don't think it can exist in its original format is my point yeah and uh, to this like you know discussions this week and people's frustrations about why it's taken that long I, I don't think it was unfair in what everybody said like good partnerships people help one another out everyone's trying to help each other out they're all listening to one another they fill us with the majority of the cash that we're getting so the least we can do is sit down in the current climate and all stakeholders try to help one another People are going, ah, oh, fuck, throw nine in the bin and tell Foxtel this and that and make a make a decision. It's like, fuck, this is not a time for people to be throwing barbs at each other and getting the shotguns out. Like, nine did a drive-by on Todd Greenberg, sure. So that's probably hypocritical from my perspective. But in the current climate, everyone needed to sit down, nut out all the situations, hear one another, and come up with the best possible decision to try and make everybody happy. So hopefully we can push forward together. Yeah, you can say that, but there was an agenda being driven by Channel 9. 100% there was. Through the, through the Sydney Morning Herald, through um, commentary, through what they did to Todd Greenberg, through the fact that, you know, they said that they didn't really want to play football this year. Uh, they didn't want the competition to run for very long. There was an agenda there. Yeah. And it was driven through newspapers, through commentary, through columnists. Uh, a whole a whole raft of different people who were just trying to get unders and trying to work the situation to fit best for Channel 9, which I understand because that's who they work for. But I'm glad the NRL stood fairly firm on it and they've been able to come to uh, the agreement that they've come to. Yeah, and the extra games as well. I'm happy about that. I think that. it's fair. I think what, what we've reached now is fair and it's going to be good. And like realistically, looking at it, like we've said, with all the work that they've done, everything that's been put in place, Apollo, the RLC, the Landys, the clubs, the players, etc. The infection rate when we started was twenty five percent. It's now under one. It's like zero point zero one percent or something ridiculously low. Um, you know, we've had eighty three point three percent recovery rate. We've still got eleven hundred or so active cases, but hopefully, if we all keep doing the right thing, yeah, it's more. It's, yeah, it's more the cases that have been transferred via the community that were unknown they're the ones that you worry about yeah of those, of those cases that have been found early and they're isolating like they're almost you can almost put a red pen through them it's just those ones that someone comes and says well I've got it and I've got no fucking idea how I got it they're the ones that are of concern um, because as you said earlier like, we don't know how long you're asymptomatic for who carries, how long you carry for, like there's all this stuff that we just don't know. Yeah. And that's the hard part with this virus. So, and a lot of those cases are also people who've got off planes or who've come back to Australia, you know, in the last fortnight as well, who are mandatory um, in isolation. So, so that, yeah, people that have got it follow those rules and 
we've done a fantastic job. Like as a, as a country, we've done a brilliant job in terms of just smashing it. We've yeah. hammered it, uh, but now we've got to fucking finish it off. That's the big. That's the biggest issue. Yeah. Not become complacent and just go. Well, we're going to go back to to normal. Well, the I, big. As I said earlier, I'm as frustrated as anyone with how things are. Oh, mate. I, I just. I, I'm also very, very mindful that. I, I don't want my children getting this, regardless of what people who think they know anything about the virus say that they know. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't want to test it. No, and, and again, like, between all that stuff and what's going on and everyone, like, I just read everything. I'm like, fuck, get behind. I also don't want it. No, nah, I, I don't want that. I want it to go away. I want people to get behind the footy. Let's fucking get on board. Like, stop yeah. cannibalising each other. Like, just the amount of negativity. That's more what I was getting no, at I earlier. I think we've got to be positive. I think it's, just keep smashing it. It's like, not It's not even just... Do the right thing. Keep hammering it. Just in all regards. Like, we said this a few weeks ago. People were going stir-crazy. We've seen more and more negativity. But in particular, in the last week and a bit, was more my point where you're just blown away about people's reactions to some small things. I'm like, fuck. Do you, we yeah, should I think you need to be specific. Who are you talking about? Everything I've said already before about the TV deal or Valenti's or Greenberg, all the bits, I'm like, fucking, there's just yeah, so much negativity. Around, like, who, who, who are we talking about that's been negative? Just, people on social media. Just people in general. I'm like, fuck, aren't you going to be happy when this is back? Like, can't we be happy about anything to do with football and pro- yeah. progress we're making? Like, well, I'll tell you what, it, it won't be until, you know, for example, if the NRL came out and said we're going to be, we're going to start on May 28, providing that no one breaks the rules imagine the negativity would have been around today oh. because it would have been chucked in the bin that's so the f- things could always always be worse and that's why today's the first time I kind of felt a little bit of negativity trying to stay positive because when I looked at it I'm like You're, it's the the thing that frustrated it's negativity. me negativity it's, it's anger and frustration yeah. that people could be so stupid and it was that flip side of it again where like Nath just cops on the chin but the other two brought up culture and this and that then the repost of the troll singer could you I'm like just fucking own it like it's not about you like you're saying oh, I'm not Informed yeah, about the indigenous no culture. No one is. No one is saying that what is happening at Coochie is no, wrong. No, it's wrong. It's no different to what it's those. Understand your situation. Yeah. And, and you know, I heard some commentary that oh, you know, a lot of those people are backpackers, and it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't I don't matter. care. I don't care if it was you doing it. I'd be saying exactly the same thing to you yeah. as I would for someone who I don't know. Just understand. The behavior, judge the behaviour, not the person. Yeah. Understand your actions, though, because you are an NRL player, and we're pushing to be the first ones back and get off the ground and do all these things and pushing with the governments and exemptions and get yeah, the worries one job. The All you have to do is just fucking stay in isolation and not do anything dumb. And the moment I saw that, it's just like, fuck. It's the first time I kind of had a little crack myself where it's like, you're like really? If yeah. all the times and the climates and all the people that are affected, and your own wage, you took a 72% pay cut, your own fucking livelihood yeah. is on the line here and the future of the game. And you can't, Resist taking a photo or just doing something fucking stupid. Yep. But yeah, all the other crap. I'm at the point now, even with all this stuff we're talking about, like, I'm, I'm hope we're providing content. We are getting a lot of good messages from everybody, but I just want to talk about real football again. I'm sick of talking about fucking TV deals, percentages, business, things that, quite frankly, I'm only up to date with whatever we're getting and that. So I'm not a fucking expert, but I just want to talk about footy. I'm sick of yeah. all the shit. All the talk, all the backstabbing, all the TV deals, all the rubbish. I just want fucking games back. I want to talk about games. Well, four weeks on Thursday. Players. Like, I want to get into what we do, which is analysing and getting in deep on the fucking game of football, not bullshit. No, we don't have football at the moment. So I know. This is where we are. So we're doing what we're doing. But real positives to come out of today. We've got a lot more clarity. They've sorted out with Nine and Fox. 
fingers crossed moving forward. Uh, it's a good year. Hopefully no one gets infected or we don't have any hiccups, which was the big thing originally when all this discussion started, is can you guarantee the season won't pull up stumps again? And I think in particular for nine, that was one big thing in all these talks, which was even more probably the disappointing part about this stuff coming out in the last 24 hours because I think their big point is if this stops again, we're already hurting financially. If we're tipping money into a comp that stops for a second time and doesn't finish, that's not very fucking helpful. So if uh, the infection rate stays down and society does the right thing and the players, hopefully, after today, wake up to themselves and do the right thing, fingers crossed in a few weeks the Brisbane situation and Melbourne sorts itself out and those teams can go home and not be in New South Wales, which is still, again, 30 days away. So potentially by then they might be able to go back and train at home. Uh, if that's the case. Maybe they end up here for a few weeks and then things clear up enough to where their government say they can charter out of Brisbane and out of Melbourne, which would be great. That's what Berger said today. So there's a lot of positives, but fingers crossed from here on out, like I said, there's no more negatives, there's no bullshit. Hopefully the next few weeks is just all good stuff and then we get back to the game. But yeah. 20 rounds, I'm pumped. Uh, the points being kept was the right thing as well. As far, as far as all the other stuff, again, that people are grabbing onto about financials, this, that, and the other, let's, we'll, talk, we'll deal with that when it comes. But for now, this year, like you said, there's no surprise that there's going to have to be some adjustments. Next two years, hopefully, full freight, and we do the right thing with our money and we make the right adjustments at the head office. Um, and if they negotiate early, again, I, I don't know what the right decision is because I'm not a businessman, but I'd like to think they don't do it right now. Wait minimum at least another 12 months, like negotiate in the last year of your deal and see where we're at then. Unless everybody is in such fucking dire straits that something needs to be done, but otherwise, I wouldn't be pulling a trigger right now. I definitely wouldn't support that move. No, that's what I said earlier. But that put aside, uh, one last thing for tonight. We've done a lot of these teams, which again are good fun, but I'm looking forward to more talking about football. But this is one that was suggested earlier. It's come up with a few people the last week or so. Building a team by picking one player from every club and then you have a wild card. So some people have said you can pick any player you want that's retired. You can pick a current player. You can pick two from one club. I just thought we'd do it the easy way, Box said. We'd pick one from every club and then we'd have one wild card that we can put anywhere in our side who's a second pick from another club. Yeah. So people... Gave us some good feedback last week on the Loose Unit show. I'm sure they enjoyed that. It's not uh, not saying that we don't have fun, but we're generally a bit more into the deeper side of things and uh, analyse games and talk a bit more in detail. So it's always a good time to get a bit off track and have a bit of laugh, which we did last week, which people enjoyed, which was good. So ultimate club team, though. Uh, do you have any difficulty with this one? No. I knocked one together, and I thought I'd have a bit of time today, but work. It's been crazy lately, so I didn't really get to have another look. I'm, I could change this a million different ways, but I'll just stick with what I had the first time off the top of my head. But uh, one from each club, fullback first up. What did you come up with, Brock? James Tedesco. Yeah, I come up with the same one. Best player in the game. I had, uh, like I said, considerations of other ways I could I could work things, but uh, yeah, Teddy would be my fullback as well. So that takes your Roosters player off the board. Uh, your two wingers, what have you got? Uh, hang on a second, I've just lost my page. Uh, two wingers, I've got Roger Tuivasa-Sheck and Philip Sani. All right. Well, I've gone similar to you in one sense. My Warriors list wasn't that deep when I wrote players down. I had Marmolo, Sheck and a few others, but I went with Sheck on a wing. 
And then, uh, no offence to the Tigers fans, uh, there wasn't a lot of guys I was interested in there, but I went with a tackle breaker on the other wing in David Nofaluma from the Tigers. Yeah. Centre pairing, what would you come up with? Uh, Latrell Mitchell and Jack White. All righty. Similar again, uh, except one difference. I went Jack Whiten from the Raiders in the centres, and the other one, I made a late change. I've put Tom Travojevic in from the Eagles. Yeah. So... Five done there. What about what about your five eight? Uh, I went Mitch Moses. Yep, Parramatta pick, smart. I considered I playing, playing the footy. Yep, I considered that one, but I chose to use my wild card in this position. I went a second rooster. Luke Keary's my five eight. There you go. Halfback. Daily Cherry Evans. Ah, uh, DCE. For all the manly people that think I hate DCE, there you go. There you go. <laughs> He's my seven. I don't. I. I, I do you um, disagree with his decision to backflip? Uh, however, he's a fantastic player. I think he's, he, he'd be bloody close to the best seven in the game. Well, I think we've said it before. When you look at little intric- intricacies in games, I think long kicking game in particular, one of the better ones in the competition, and I think defensively as a half, in particular in the ruck and wrestle-wise. Who's, who's a better halfback than him? Ah, oh, well, you got arguments for a couple of players, but as far as what they've done over the past five years at club land, yeah, there wouldn't be many better halves. Moses was good last year, but again, that's a season. I think uh, Pierce had a good year for half a season, but fell off. But speaking of that, my halfback... I'll take two My halfback, I went Mitchell Pierce, so that was my pick. Yeah. Uh, That's my Knights player gone. Your two front rows. Payne Haas and... Yep, I got Haas as well. That's my Broncos player, and then I picked my Titan. I had Semi written down as one of the options, like you had, uh, but I went Jaiara, so I've gone mobile front row. Yep. You're nine. Oh, who do you think? Yeah, it's not going to be different. I went Smith. Yep. Storm player for both. Your two back rows. Viliami uh, Kikau and Wade Graham. Well, in that case, we had the same back row. I'd kick out as well. One big damaging guy. We're going to have the same third aim. Oh, well, it's pretty obvious from that team as well. He was the obvious pick, I thought. Yep, Jason Tamalolo. Yep. Uh, And so that leaves me without a Souths, Dogs, Eels, and a Dragons player. So that's made up my bench. Right. I thought thought your your wild card had to be 17th man. So that may have changed my side slightly, but it's okay. I'm happy with my team. You can change Um, it if you want. No, no, that's fine. That's fine. I, but I've, I've gone in club order, and then my seventeenth is my second player. Oh. Um, so, my, what do you want me to name the whole bench? You can if you want. Uh, I had Benji Marshall as my Tigers player as a utility. He's played nine. He's played six. He's played seven. Um, he sort of filled that role when he was in Brisbane. Um, and as you said, like the Tigers players, I think there's a lot of good players there but probably not, not a lot that stood out over others in certain positions yeah um, so I was happy to have uh, Marshall on the on the bench then I went Josh Jackson from the Bulldogs Paul Vaughan from the Dragons and my second player uh, I went from the Broncos I went David Fafita yep fair enough so I probably wasn't I probably stuffed that up in the text I thought, I thought oh, I'm going to pick the best front rower in the game Payne Haas yeah best hooker in the game Cameron Smith uh, the best lock in the game, Jason Tamwalo. I'm going to have what I think is the best back rower in the game, David Feeder on the bench. I'm going to pick who I think is the best halfback in the game, Bailey Cherry Evans. I'm going to pick who I think is the best fullback in the game, 
James Tedesco, and then I sort of just filled in the other positions as I went. I think Jack Whiten, on on best form, and if he played centre full-time, could be one of the best centres in the game. Latrell, on best form, could easily be the best centre in the game. Well, on form, uh, Roger, he is. Roger is has proven himself not only a fantastic fullback but a fantastic winger. And I think the other positions, you know, Villiam Kikau's powerhouse, Wade Graham's all class, David Clemmer, Origin International, uh, Mitchell Moses, I think, is playing some really good footy, one of the brightest players in our game. Um, and, yeah, Philip, I thought Philip Sammy's a, a bright young player as well. Yeah, and again, some certain clubs, you only had a few names you kind of looked at. Yeah, like so. Josh Jackson, like you wouldn't, you, you'd never be upset having Josh Jackson or Vaughnie in your team. No. Um, and, you know, Marshall, as I said, sort of filled in that utility role, cover a few positions. Um, and I just love Benji as a player. Love watching Benji play for the entirety of his career. And, uh, it's just good that footy's going to get back, so we're going to be able to see him if this is to be his last season, which it seems like it will be. Yeah. Well, my bench, I kind of went in the mould of what we've spoke about in rep football, that generally we don't pick a lot of gen- uh, genuine front rowers. We pick a lot of those hybrid edge players that can also play like as locks or middles and give us a lot of mobility. So my South Sydney player was Cam Murray. Um, again, anyone that's watched him play juniors, I've watched him all the way from Harold Matz. He can play utility. I don't care what anyone says. We, we watched him play centre. We watched him play lock. He can play back row. He's got the skills to play fucking six, nine. It doesn't matter where you throw that bloke. So I had to have him in the side. Jackson was the obvious pick from the Dogs. I think his best position still for me is lock in the middle. When he's in the middle, he gets quick play of the balls. He's not that silky on the edge. And defensively, we saw those few years he played Origin. I thought he was our best player when he was in the middle as a 13. Um, Ryan Madison, another guy, again, play edge, play middle. Mobility, skill set, you've got another option there to rotate. And with the forward pack you've already spoke about, when you've got Haas, Kikiao, Tamalolo, you've got guys in the middle there that can play huge minutes. So my bench can make a pure impact if I want it to and I can use it any way I want. The last pick... I had Vaughn originally thinking I'm, I should have one genuine front row because he, you know, still meets that hybrid mode, being mobile and offloaded. But Frizzell, generally for us in Australia, we always pick him as a middle off the bench. And the way he runs, yeah, he's skillful enough to be on the edge, but he's a fucking handful in the middle too. Yeah. So I went Frizzell. Like it's basically an all lightweight back row, but the mold of the rep game, and we spoke about it looking at it, Clemmer was realistically the last real big man in the Origin arena. And even, no, not so much last year, the year before that, like when you looked at it when we had DeBell and Frizzell, Vaughan, all those kind of guys playing in those positions, the game was just moving in that direction. You, you need to have that mobility, that footwork, that leg speed. It's not saying the big man's dead completely, but the game and especially the rep games has moved more towards that mould of player. Yeah, I agree. So I, I went the lightweight bench, but um, you, you could sit there and change this a million times. There, there's some guys you would not argue with, but there's certain positions, like when I look at centres, there's not a lot of centres I like. To me, I've said it a million times before, having played with Jack down at Canberra, that I still think his best spot is, uh, you know, playing in the centres. But as a, as a six, it make, lets him do the second best part of his game, which is run. But defensively, as a centre, like he, he's not a guy you want hitting you. Defensively, he's a sledgehammer, and he makes really good decisions. We saw that in Origin. He was great there for us last year. Um, yeah. Wings, you could pick plenty of players. Again, no offence to the Tigers. A lot of good workman-like players, but you'd have to say probably their most damaging player and one of their most consistent is Nofaluma. So I didn't want to use a big pick on a winger, so that was an easy one for me. And then 
I love Roger, you know that. I love Tedesco. So the easy way to get both in was to keep Teddy at one and put Roger on the wing where he started. And the number one part of his game, which means he can play in either spot, is we see him make 200-plus metres every week because he loves yardage work, and that's what wingers do in the modern game. Yeah. So that would make a lot of changes. But, yeah, when you fill the forward pack in, I just kind of went after that, like you said. I could not pick Kikau. I couldn't not pick Haas. I could not pick Tamalolo. Uh, back rowers, I had lots of options, but I thought if you're going to have a destroyer like Kikau on one edge, I'd like to have someone like Wade on the other who's also got some, you know, ability to put a hit on. He bullies halves, he runs holes, he ball plays, he kicks, just gives you two different edges. Yeah. So, bit of difference. Pierce and Kiri again, both guys that are willing to run the football, both good kicking games. Uh, defensively, Kiri, you know, he's not the best defender, but he throws himself in front. And Pierce, much like Cherry Evans, probably one of the better defensive halves. So, no problems with that. And every little bit and piece with that forward pack being orchestrated by the best hooker of all time. And Tom, I've had my criticisms of Tom before. I again said defensively about centre, but again, how many good centres are there? I speak about this all the time. The position this day is is not as good as what we it used to be. It's not as varied as it used to be. Like Sherry's an up and comer, and we're all red hot on him. It used to be the other way around. We used to move, yeah, um, centres to fill wing spots because we had so many good centres. Yeah, or fullbacks. Now we almost play back rowers there, or you know, fullbacks there because we've got a lack of quality. Um, centres in the game and for a few years there before the wing again when we had those big wingers we were filling that with really good fullbacks that were coming through instead of your typical small fast try scorer they were back rowers converted big centres or really good fullbacks so if you couldn't fit him in your team already you just put him on a wing yeah but yeah centre to pick those two guys like the only other guy I would have considered but given the way we restricted it uh, to me Manu is probably right up there uh, but I wasn't going to use my Roosters pick when they've got so many good players. Latrell, he's obviously an option on his best day. He, he is the best centre in the comp on what he can give you, but that day doesn't come often enough. Yeah. But other than that, there's a lot of guys that are, are solid, not outstanding. So uh, I just thought if you've got Tom, Roger, Tedesco, Jack, like, and Nofaluma, obviously very, very good in yardage, you're going to get enough out of that back five. You're going to get plenty. Yeah, exactly. So. There you go. There you go. You enjoying... I know we've said about movies, books, TV, all the bits and pieces. I don't know about everybody out there. I don't mind an impersonation or two, but my God, I love Donald Trump's press conferences. Well, he's canned him now. He's done, is he? Stopped doing him, yeah, since I attacked him over the disinfectant gate. He's out of control. They've, um... He's canon, but he, at least he said he wasn't going to do them. So. <laughs> oh, I love him. He's out of control. He's a crazy person. In this point in time, like, you obviously saw what I sent the other day. There's a filter for anybody out there. That One of my mates messaged me straight away and said, there's a filter on Snapchat. You've got to do a video. So I've, I've been doing Trump videos with the, with the face. I've quite enjoyed it. It's helping me in this time of insanity. Yeah. But, oh, my God. Some of the stuff that he's come up with is just mind-boggling. He's nuts. Crazy. Um, I'll be watching. I'll be watching Paul Murray live on um, Sky News nightly. I love that show. Um, goes from what time? It goes from nine to eleven. Yeah, um, 
when I was Ozark, I'm six episodes into Ozark. Netflix, haven't watched that one. Jason Bateman. Good actor. Yeah, it's good. Good show. Uh, watching the Jordan documentary, like I think most people would be. Uh, what else? Oh, I've got a good one. I actually started watching something the last few weeks. I've had nothing for you. Uh, not everyone's cup of tea, but it's definitely my cup of tea. Ricky Gervais. Yeah, on Afterlife. Afterlife, wow. Yeah, yeah it's great. Hilarious, seen but first, dark. Seen the first season, and the second season's just been released. Yeah, hilarious, but dark. It's it's a Fantastic. weird... I love, I love Ricky Gervais. Oh, he's brutal. It's great. But I tell you why. Like, I saw... He had one previously, and it was, again, different context, but Derek... Was it what it was called? It was funny, but it also had a lot of uh, you know, a lot of stuff in that made you think, or had a moral kind of compass to it, or a theme to it. Like it was, it was a funny show, but it it kind of hit home, or has like some and meaning. And Afterlife's very similar. One minute you're laughing, then you think about the context of what's going on, or a, a subject or an underlying theme of an episode, and you're like, "Fuck, this is pretty dark, but it's hilarious." <laughs> yeah, I, I love it. I think it's a fantastic. So, show. He's really, really smart. The way he, he's written and produced it, because it's it's two way. It's it's yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I'm glad you uh, brought that up because I, I didn't really think about it until this like this week just gone because I saw that season two came on. Yeah, it's I, good. Um, I, I binge watched that uh, over Christmas. Well, I put one on the other night because we've just I've I've finished a lot of things recently that I was deep into that are older now. But I just didn't have a lot going on. I haven't been watching a lot. I saw that pop up because I uh, really, really liked Javaius and thought I like Derek, so I watched that and I, it, it was even better. I thought so. Yeah, it's great. He was really good. Um, the last dancing, like you said, not going to get into detail because every man his dogs posted or done what. But if you like sport, that's just a necessary evil. You watch that one hundred percent. Yeah. I don't know if I said this one last week again. It's hard to remember in between work and when we record at night. But Screwball on Netflix, the one about baseball. Have you seen that? Yeah. Is that one about what? the betting and all that? No, nah, it's about the drug, the drugs and all the people getting jacked. What's, what's, it, what's it on? Netflix. No, I haven't seen it. Screwball, good watch. Like It's it's like a doco series, but at the same time, it's pretty funny the way it all unfolds. So it's about a bloke down in Miami where a lot of stuff goes on with people making up anti-aging clinics and a bunch of dodgy bullshit. But this bloke basically... Goes to college, gets a fake... Well, he gets a, a doctor's degree, but not a real doctor's degree. He gets it from Belize, a different country. Uses his dad's license to write off scripts and basically starts peddling performance enhancers to half the players in the MLB. How good. And then shit unfolds and A-Rod's involved with it. Rodriguez, he's the guy who got A-Rod in trouble and then they've got stories about he reckons A-Rod's buying the books and trying to hide the evidence and, like... It was crazy. I was watching it. It was almost comical, but it's actually fucking legit. So. Semi serious. There was, was a period of um, a period of uh, baseball there, which is just it's all dodgy, isn't it? Oh, it's just a funny watch. That it wasn't your typical like people sitting down, hard hitting. They use kids to reenact things that they're telling and stories, and but yeah, it was all legit. And MLB's even dodgily involved in trying to buy bits and get information. It was crazy, but I just I, I found it interesting, but also a bit of a laugh at the same time. Yeah. So it was another one of those things where I just sat there shaking my head, going, "Fucking hell, I can't believe this actually happened." I think there's one on Amazon Prime called The Edge, which is documents the English cricket team uh, during 
the Ashes Tour when they came here in 2013 and won. Yeah. Apparently that's quite good. I'm halfway through the the other one, the test. Yeah, I haven't uh, started which, that. Yeah, I'm, I'm halfway through that. That's, that's very good. Justin Lang is awesome. Love him. I generally love the NFL draft, which just went, but I didn't really get to watch it because of the, oh, well, sure. the timing. Two days? I saw the first round. I usually like the later rounds, but I didn't get. I haven't got to watch the the other two days yet. Yeah. Um, How'd you feel about the Falcons? <laughs> I thought we reached for our first pick. Yeah, I thought so as well. But it depends how you're gonna look at it. Like, do you? you draft the best player which was probably a wide receiver that we didn't really need or do you draft what you need you know if we drafted a wide receiver and then the first game our secondary got torched they'd be saying well they should have drafted um, the centre back you know so I'm not ta- um, I'm not taken I mean, away like, from how do, you, how do you judge drafts it's like judging yeah. you know signings it's like we'll just wait and see how they play Oh, I'm the same on New England. Everyone's going, they can't let that in draft quarterback. Well, it's like, well, they're not high enough to get one of the better ones. They obviously like the guy they got. Yeah, but they're also not going to waste a pick on some random. That's what I'm saying. They like the guy they got. They let a couple of older linebackers go. They replaced all of them with different situational linebackers. They got more secondary plays, which they're already rich in, but they love rotation and having depth at that position. And then they picked up three offensive linemen uh, to obviously keep shoring up that need to help out Stidham who's probably going to get first crack at it. And then they picked up a couple of tight ends, one that's a good route runner and a good catcher and one that's a blocker, which, again, they love to have a tight end uh, that can block and help out with the line. They love their fullback, which, unfortunately, our fullback retired today to help out with that run game. So it wouldn't surprise me if that tight end, similar to our fullback, who didn't start off as a fullback. He was an offensive lineman, for Christ's sake, um, if they tried to convert somebody. But I honestly think New England are just picking up need They'll see how Stidham goes, and if not, next year they've still got enough picks and assets, but they'll get enough compensatory picks. They'll probably finish with an average record to draft a good quarterback next time. Yeah, but who's to say they're going to need a quarterback when... Exactly. If this kid, if this kid plays well, give him a chance. Oh, I'm with you. I, they, That's why you keep him and you develop him and you, you, know, you, you have him work under Brady. Well, plain and simple. If they didn't have any opinion of him, they probably would have drafted somebody, but they didn't. So it's not to say he's going to be the long-term successor, but they clearly feel like he's worth giving a shot. Like what I will say about the Falcons is it's last chance saloon for Dimitrov and Quinn. So, hundred percent. I, I sort of just watched it, thinking, well, if they're going to be as, as well prepared as they're ever going to be for a draft. Well, especially this year, because they understand that their jobs are on the line. Tampa so. Bay, you'd say, are a lot better, and you'd say that the Saints again didn't really lose anybody. Drafted yeah, another. I'm, yeah, I'm more worried about the Buccaneers than I am the Saints, to be honest. Yeah, but just in general. You know what the it's Saints just, are. I think Carolina, they're setting themselves as well. Ours is always a strong division. Mm. It's never, there's never really been a beat-up shit team. Well, it was us. And we finally got our act together over the last sort of decade, I guess, 15 years, decade. As long as I've been supporting them, they've got progressively better as an organisation to the point where they made that Super Bowl and then you know in the couple of years past we probably had teams that could have made the Super Bowl again but I think we got let down by poor coaching poor play calling um, you know we lost to lost to Philly when we had four plays inside seven yards to beat them at home they went on to win the Super Bowl um, the year after we lost an unlosable lead in the Super Bowl so could have been two years there where we make a Super Bowl even win Super Bowl so 
they, they obviously did some good things. Now it's sort of coming out of that period and then trying to rebuild a little. Uh, and you do that via the draft. Like, if you're good enough, you, you pay less for good players. That's just the simplicity of how you win the NFL. So uh, in the last few years, we've whiffed and all, you know, we've had draft picks get injured. So you can't control injuries. I'll say but, one um, thing. There's, there's been a few we've, we've whiffed on. Pretty bloody happy I went to the US when I did to see Brady play before he left. Well, yeah. Even like even if you plan to go this year, you probably wouldn't be going. So. And I got to see him twice. So. Yeah. Saw him away, and they had a really good game. They torched the fucking Jets, and then I seen him at home, Foxborough, sleet and rain sideways, eighty thousand, uh, slinging it against the Browns and tearing them apart. Yeah. So. Not exactly. Uh, the, the Jets game, it was pretty good. The Browns game was a bit more of a defensive game. Our defense was really, really good, but still. I guess the older you get, like, well, not super old, but the older we get, you appreciate certain people you've seen in your lifetime. So it was good to see him. I got to see Federer and Ruffer and a couple of guys last year as well. Like, there's a lot of those guys that aren't going to be around for much longer. I'm sure there'll be someone else that comes later, but it's. I think it's more when it's your generation or more someone... It came around during your peak time when we were playing rep football or the peak of our own sporting uh, involvement or love. It, I've got to see a lot of those guys the last few years, but yeah, yeah, I'm very, very glad because I thought much like those things, if you wait any longer, they retire, they move somewhere else. So luckily got to see him before this whole thing panned out, which I didn't see coming to go to Tampa Bay. I'm excited by it though. I really am. I love shit oh, like this I, when it happens. I, I, yeah. I don't think it happened. I don't, I, don't, I don't think the Gronk thing's going to work out. Like, he was on dead legs playing for New England. So. I just tried to buy a Super Bowl. I, don't, I just don't. Like, the 10 million for him. It's a shit of an organisation to just manage one and build for one. Yeah, $10 million for a tight end that basically couldn't run unless his legs have magically come back after the break. I don't know. Or unless he's been on some sort of injection policy like we were just talking about. Yeah. Well, unless he's been on the screwball diet. Because before we finished up, his contribution for the Super Bowl was awesome, but more as a blocker because he's so good at that now. Yeah, but every second year he'd be out for an extended period of time. Yeah, I know that. But, I mean, the last season, his contribution wasn't as the original Gronk. It was as a run blocker. He was excellent. But that's not worth $10 million for the position. Yeah. So if he's going there purely to do that and they're going to move on their former first-round pick and O.J. Howard... Um, and keep Brayton that like they've got good enough wide receivers but I don't know if you're going to get you're not getting Gronk peak Gronk from New England I, I don't think by any stretch so yeah I, I thought maybe they might have tried to get a running back they addressed the line you got Brady but even Brady last year when I was there like I, I was happy to go see him but Brady's definitely not the same player I'm sure he's going to try and prove a point but you know he's, he's definitely not what he was probably two seasons ago no, he's not so, the person I saw playing the Super Bowl. I think it'll be interesting, That's but true. for all the hate for uh, anyone that loves NFL, for Jameis Winston, he can fucking throw a ball, and they've got two guys that like to go deep and get the football. With Brady, I don't think they're going to be going deep. I think they're going to be playing short, intermediate, and how they adjust to that, I don't know. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to watch regardless. Yeah, we'll be. We'll play him twice, so... Um, I don't know who we got as our NFL. They don't... Really strike a lot of fear into me as an organisation. I don't know who we're playing for the NFC this year. I'd love if we did play Tampa, but I doubt it. No, I think it's next year. Yeah, so maybe the second year if they're both still there. I don't know if Gronk will last both years, but. 
Yeah, and I'm pretty New England play Tampa next year. Yeah, well, fair enough. Um, so, but they, yeah, uh, this is where with that extra game, they should probably bring in some subjectivity to organise games that are going to boost their ratings instead of having these stinker games that they put on a Thursday night. And a lot of those are divisional games that mean they're just crap teams. They, they should look at um, putting games on that are going to rate. Yeah, oh, you'd, you'd want to think so, that, wouldn't you? Through the roof. Well, fingers bloody crossed they get their act together and they can get back on time because I'd be devil if the NFL got delayed. Yeah, no, that, that, that'll be back on time. Like the NBA, there's been talks about a million different situations where they isolate in LA and use the practice facilities or they go to Vegas and put them on Mandalay Bay at the end of the strip and set up there or, you know, some way to get that going, MLP. Well, that's, well, that's where they do summer league, so I can't understand why it wouldn't, wouldn't work in that model. And, you know, MLB, they've put a statement out saying that in their situation they can all be distance and maybe play in two stadiums. I like baseball, but that's not the one I'm really looking for, but it'd be nice if the NBA could figure out a way to isolate and do the playoffs, um, you know, see that series. And then on the flip side of that, you got... The NFL, like we said, which is my, my favourite US sport, If hopefully if things are trending the right way, they're in a bit of a different situation. But if that season can go ahead, that'd be awesome as well. UFC, the old Fight Island, that got held back uh, a couple of weeks ago, but it looks like well, it's Disney, back on. Disney cancelled that. Yeah, that's why Dana White was... If the message <laughs> if the message didn't come from above, Dana White was going to make that shit happen. Oh, yeah. But there's a card locked in now. Is that next week, I think? Uh, I think it's... The 8th of May, maybe? Yeah, so he's, he's going hard. I love it. I love the enthusiasm. It's fantastic. And this is what I mean. Like, again, I know everyone comes out in the negative. This is what I mean about the NRL, Volandis, Apollo, and same as this stuff. People like this in this current climate, I'm not saying anyone's better than anyone else, but when we've got nothing fucking going on, we're all cooped up. If people can find a way to get this kind of stuff back on the TV to provide entertainment, I'm all for it. As long as they're doing it in a safe manner that's not obstructive, and again, oh, they're tackling or they're punching, you have to have the virus to spread the virus. If they're all tested and it's all confined, fucking fight, tackle, do whatever you want. Yeah. Plain and simple. As long as all the stuff's in place, like I'm happy for all of it to happen because at the moment, <laughs> it's a pretty boring world. <laughs> yeah, couldn't agree more. So, fingers crossed those fights don't get cancelled because that's something to look forward to because at the moment, the only thing I've had is the horses. Never oh, on the Saturdays, I've never watched more horses in my life. Usually, I'm the kind of guy that bets, and when things are going normally, I go about my day and I don't watch a race. I just look at my account at the end of the day and hope I've got a bit of money. But the last few weeks, I've been just watching it all day. Yeah, it's good. It's real. It's, good. it's, it's good happening. Racing. All eyes are on racing because they're the only ones operating at the moment. So that's the goal for the NRL. Yep. Get back. Be one of the only ones that people can get eyeballs on and. You will, um, you will have those extra sets of eyes. Mm. I'll try post a bit more this week. Again, probably apologise to people, but uh, you know, out, my work hasn't slowed down. So between uh, that, and trying to do the right thing, it's actually been good. Because to be honest, I'd never thought I'd say this. I've been enjoying work more than I've ever enjoyed it with nothing going on. Yeah. But we have been fucking busy, so um, yeah, been mostly sleep and home. Not a whole lot else going on. Yeah, it's about the size of it. 
But yeah, I'm actually glad. Like usually before when the fires and everything was going on, we had footy and all the crazy shit was happening. I was just had my ass hanging out and was constantly tired. At the moment, any any extra work or any bits and pieces because of the situation we're in, it's just good because it's making the time go by. Yeah. So I'm, I'm definitely not complaining about being busy with work right now. But to wrap things up, big thank you as always must go to the Penrith Solar Centre. I know it's probably, as I've said before, with a lot of our sponsors and other people on board, it's not an ideal time for all businesses. But if you're in that position or it's something you're looking for in the future, always remember that that's the mob you want to be going with, Penrith Solar, to secure yourselves, hopefully, if we get back to some uh, good times come summer and you're looking to put a little money back in your pocket, Penrith Solar Centre are the mob to go with. So tackle your rising power bills head on this season with the help of Solar Energy. The team at PSC are passionate about helping Western Sydney Sinbin rising electricity bills for good. Find out how they can help make you and your family the big winners this season with quality solar solutions for your home. Visit www.penrosolar.com.au or give them a call on 1820 2930. Uh, and Box said, I think more back to the point, I know we've said it most weeks and people are getting sick of hearing it. Just stay away from negativity. Don't be angry. Go out and get some sunshine. FaceTime, Zoom call some people, do what you can do within the confines. And as, as of this Friday, we're going to be able to visit and see a few more people. But just in general, people, fuck, brighten up a little bit. Yeah. So much crap about no crowds and all the stuff. Just let's just wait until seeing everything pans out. And let's let's get some footy back. There's too, too much crap about all novelty and accessory stuff that, again, in the future... Uh, yeah, it may have an effect, but right now we're speculating on a lot of stuff, and again, a lot more stuff's coming out, I think, like you said, from the media, because there's nothing going on right now. But it's There's just been so much negativity with every time I, I go on for a little bit of something, I'm looking at people just cannibalising one another and thinking, fucking hell, it's, everyone just calm down. Yeah. Bring back the games. Fingers crossed, no more stupidity, and in 30 days' time, we'll, and weekly, we'll be back to talking about rugby league. And not off-field stuff. Actually, the game. Well, that's yeah. That's that's the goal. That's what I want to be doing. Let's hope that's the case. That's exactly what we want. Alright, let's get out of here. No worries, everybody out there. Stay safe. Uh, keep fighting the good fight with these restrictions. Fingers crossed. Things keep trending down, and uh, the freedom continually starts to come back, and these numbers. As Brock said, hopefully if we do the right thing again for a couple of months and follow the rules, we might eradicate it. Um, and if we're not travelling and no one's coming in, which they won't be, we can get back to living normally, at least in Australia. Exactly right. Just keep doing the right thing. 83% recovered. Let's uh, hopefully in a few months' time have that at a point where it's zero and we're just back to doing the normal thing and watching football and all sports and enjoying our lives. Yeah. All right. Enjoy your week, everybody. 